0: Welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member of MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer of maps.com, and lover of three-point guard lineups. What you got for me, Isaac Harris?
1: <laughs> it took three Luka Doncic preseason games for a GM that passed him <laughs> in the draft to give fired. It all took. That's all it took, all it took. So I, tw- <laughs> I tweeted this out today uh I was talking about the sun's uh, g m and it got a little traction right And I had some people uh quote tweeting it, and a few guys replied saying i think the- this isn't the reason why I got fired <laughs> no okay. way oh thanks to thanks for well actually me on that one. <laughs> you did not understand uh, uh the joke on that, so uh anyway, it was uh a very a very weird i don't know is this an a kind of an eventful NBA day uh, uh, NBA Monday on the week before the season
0: it was so we had the Mavericks uh, play the Sixers obviously we'll break down that game we'll talk all about that game they won they beat the Sixers they're going to the playoffs they're going to the NBA title 115-112 so we'll talk about that game and then um. Yeah, obviously we, we mentioned that Ryan McDonough, the GM of the Suns, has been fired. He has been let go by Robert Sarver, who is – if if people think that Mark Cuban medals with his team, then, then they have never met Robert Sarver with the Suns organization. That organization is going through some stuff over the last pff, 10 years. I mean, 10 years since, like, Steve Nash has been yeah. there and relevant, you know? 2009 was kind of his uh, – or 2012, I guess they kind of had a frisky year, but it's been a while. It's been a while. And then uh, the Mavericks made a move. The Mavericks made a move to, to uh, get rid of a couple guys and to add a couple guys. They signed Dante Ingram, who was kind of a running joke between me and Isaac because it had been reported that earlier in the summer he had agreed to a deal with the Mavericks and then we were trying to figure out how he fit into their plans when it seemed like they already
1: had 20 guys. And, and honestly, Nick's, Nick's theory happened. Sort of. Sort, um, of. sort of. But the original, th- like, you joked about <laughs> leaving Ding in China. But yeah, yeah, yeah. the original theory that Nick threw out there, and I was like, oh, crap. It really could be that. And <laughs> uh, But we'll talk about it a little bit more later.
0: Yeah, so uh, they signed Dante Ingram for real this time. And Rashad Vaughn, who's a former first-round pick, used to play for the Bucks, played, I think, one game for the Nets and five games for the Magic. So we'll talk about him. Uh, barely and then they waived jalen jones who hasn't gotten really any playing time he played in the first game didn't he yeah yeah he played in the, in the first game against the ducks and hasn't gotten any playing time in china uh and then they also waved cody miller mcintyre who is not really played either didn't even play didn't play on monday uh coach's decision co- coach coach's decision to cut him <laughs> i think you <laughs> could put it that way <laughs> Um, so the Mavericks made that move. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, you want to get into the Robert Sarver stuff first? you want to get into the like the Ryan McDonough sons yes. stuff first?
1: Yes. Let's please talk about the GM that passed on Luka Doncic uh, first overall and how he got fired nine days before the start of the regular season. Let's talk <laughs> about him. So Ryan McDonough's tenure with the – or I guess half a
0: tenure because he was there five years um, – has been very weird, just very, very weird. So he started – um, in May of 2013, his first move was to hire Jeff Hornacek as the the Suns coach. Uh, and Jeff Hornacek had a decent run. He had that one frisky year where you know all of a sudden it was after Steve Nash and Steve Nash was with the Lakers and they had Goran Dragic and they were you know all of a sudden were were pushing to make the playoffs and I think they missed the playoffs by a couple games or so. They're they're kind of disappointed that they didn't make it, but everybody was just saying like, oh my gosh, it's kind of amazing that this team is even there. A lot of people thought they were going to be tanking. Uh, and so they they try to add they try to do that, and all of a sudden they're this team that should have been really bad the year before. They had only won twenty five games. They went all the way to forty eight games. That's that sh- that could be an interesting look for the Mavericks to try and see how that team went from twenty five wins to forty eight wins because that's a really big jump. I mean that that's a twenty three win improvement. Um, yeah. So they were like sniffing the playoffs. Didn't make the playoffs. Next season they won 39 games. Uh, Robert Sarver, or that summer Robert, Sarver, or I keep saying Robert Sarver, but Ryan McDonough drafted Alex Len with the fifth pick in that really weird, solid, dra- that really weird draft with with uh, the Nerlens draft with Giannis and CJ McCollum and a whole bunch of guys. Took uh, <laughs> Alex Len and uh, Ben Golliver did a piece for for Sports Illustrated today that I thought was kind of funny. He, made, he said. One of his first moves was to draft Alex Len, a you know, a seven foot big man in uh coming into a league that was just transitioning to completely wing play. You know, it's like it was a complete opposite pick of what you want to try to make to try and you know change your team to, to be that direction. Then he made this massive trade the JJ Redick, Jared Dudley, Eric Bledsoe trade, where they got Eric Bledsoe, and so now they have these then uh, Um so then they have they have Drogic and Bledsoe, and uh, then like a year or so later they had Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, a year, ne- then, then after that year they add Isaiah Thomas and they have these three point guards, and that was just a weird, really weird team <laughs> that nobody really knew what to do with. Which uh, is
1: super ironic because now they have zero point guards and <laughs> at that time they had just an yeah, overload, so they're like, they're, there's no in between for them.
0: Yeah, they're a team that was known for that. Um, then in 2015, I think th- these are just the big things, I think, that, that happened with this team. Um, they added um, – or they traded Dragic away, um, got some some picks and stuff like that. Uh, they traded Isaiah Thomas away in the same day <laughs> in, on the trade deadline of uh, 2015, did all this stuff. And then they um, tried to go after LaMarcus Aldridge. Didn't work. Signed Tyson Chandler, that massive, crazy deal. Um and then they drafted these two bigs in uh, in Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris. And uh, Ben Golliver's piece today said that Chris has already been shipped out two years later, and Dra- <laughs> Dragon Bender's career is on life support. That was, the, that was the way he put it. I
1: thought that was Ooh, good. life support's uh, probably the best way to view uh, Bender's career right now. I know. I thought that was, I I thought saw, was a good. I uh, 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 saw a son's writer the other day said something about Bender Island and I'm like I didn't even know there were people still left on that island. I thought that was evacuated a year Bender's, ago. Bender's
0: is like a subway car, you
1: know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you can get on the
0: subway car if you want. Um Yeah. Um Oh, oh by the way, so this is what they traded for the Marquis Chris pick because that the, the Dragon Bender pick was their own. Uh that they, they got the pick from Sacramento. They traded Bogdan Bogdanovich, Scalabicia, and Papianis, and a 2020 second-round pick, which 2020 looks like they're still going to be pretty bad (laughs) if you're you're crawling. uh, And Bogdan is going to be really good, and Scal is starting for them right now, whatever you want to take from that, starting for the Kings. So they traded two starters for for Marquise Chris, who's not on the
1: team anymore. Boggy definitely the best player in that deal. And it kind of leads up to this moment of the last last hoorah for Ryan McDonough was... Hey, besides drafting DeAndre Ayton, which we were both high on. I'm not yeah. a DeAndre Ayton hater at all. Uh, I kid because of Luka and all that. But the last deal that he made was he traded a 2021 first-round unprotected pick, which is looking nice, to move up for mikel Bridges. Like, to go from, like, you know, we love mikel Bridges. yeah. Into, of course, Zara Smith got her. We also love first-round picks. But man, that pick is is looking mighty nice and uh they gave that up. That was like he gave that up. So uh, and then a couple months later he's getting fired. And not only did he get fired, there's a ton of people that got fired today in Phoenix. I mean, his assistant GM, uh, their head of scouting, they, I mean, there's a ton of people that got relieved and it's just weird. Yeah, that kind of gets lost on when you
0: know one a GM or a coach gets fired. You just think about the one guy, but usually they have a ton of assistants to go with them, and it's kind of like a cabinet, you know, like a presidential cabinet where you just have your guys yeah. and you're connected to this head guy, this main leader guy. So like,
1: um, talk like a head coach or a, a head coach is a tad bit different, um but a lot of times it is kind of the same. And, and when a head coach comes in, they want to put their own staff in place and all this stuff. But it's definitely, and it holds true when it comes to like upper management with GMs and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. It's just the timing of everything is just super, super weird. There's obviously something that's happened behind the scenes, some big disagreements uh, between ownership and management on whatever it is. And people's trying to draw the lines of, you know, them making a trade for a point guard and wherever each side landed on that discussion. And, I guess Sarver was like, "Well, screw that. I'm just going to clean house. I don't care if our season starts next week."
0: And another thing that was super weird about about in all this, another move he made was to uh, he fired Hornacek, you know, three years into his deal, and then hired um, Earl Watson as a coach. And by all accounts, Earl Watson was not ready to be a coach. (laughs) You know, Um, good
1: dude bad coach.
0: But yeah, not not a good coach at all. And then just weird stuff. So he appointed him at the end of the end of the 2016 season as the head coach and then by October of 2017 he was fired as the head coach. Um just a weird weird situation with him. Um so good moves that he made though. I think Ayton was probably a good move. They probably should have done Doncic. We think Kakoskov is, is, you know, going to be a good head coach for them. Um TJ Warren was a nice pick. Josh Jackson was a fine pick. Um Devin Booker is probably you know the best move that he made and that that probably kept his job for a long time and you know in getting Devin Booker if you get one guy like that, you hit on one guy that was a 13th, you know, the 13th or 15th pick and he becomes a borderline all-star player, then he's... I mean when you have 30 picks in the top 10 over the course of <laughs> 10 years, then you're going to yeah. hit on some of them. Well, and he hit on that one really, like, huge. That That's a huge hit, you know, to have a pick that low. And it just looks better if it's a later pick than if it's, say, the number four pick.
1: But, yeah. But you have I to mean. hit on
0: these other ones, and he didn't. And uh, so the the firing, I think, is, is you know, necessary. I think that, he, you know, he definitely should have been let go. The timing is just so weird.
1: Yeah, especially if they don't make a move uh, in the near future for a point guard over the next couple weeks. Uh, it just looks super weird, and, you know, we like Igor Kokoskov, and I think he's going to be a good coach. It kind of just sucks that he comes in on this, like, super shaky ground and all that stuff. But anyway, a <laughs> uh, shakeup in, in, for the Suns, and I don't think it will result in any more wins for him, but uh, I, it's fun to get some jokes in that there's already been a GM that passed on Lucas getting fired.
0: But honestly... The timing is awesome for the Mavericks because I think if there had been any other GM there, they probably would have taken Luka.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. We thought that
0: we really thought they were going to take Luka the whole time during the draft process. Just because of the coach connection and all that stuff. The coach's but... son, Igor Kokoshkov, the head coach of the Suns. His firstborn son is named Luca. Luka. Luka. <laughs>
1: I'll just let that sink in for a second. We coach Luca's national team and all, all this stuff.
0: Yeah, the day ones know that, but for the people that have just you know joined us back from the summer, that that was why we thought pretty much during the whole. And even up until draft day, I was like, man, people keep saying it's Aiton, but man, that connection—it just seems too strong for me to think that they're they're going to pass on him. So they're still—I was still res, holding that reservation. But anyway, so that's the Sun stuff. Uh, <laughs> Uh, who's a more dysfunctional franchise right now, the Kings
1: or the Suns? Uh, the Kings, still, yeah, because they still have the Vlad father. So, and they had the second overall pick, and at some point he'll probably get fired. At one point, so that's two out of three general managers that passed on Luca uh, that would be fired. <laughs> I think Schlink in Atlanta will have a while. They'll give him a while. Yeah, he's got some time.
0: He's got some time for sure.
1: Um, so yeah, there you go. They're they're
0: definitely one two, I think, in dysfunctional. Probably franchises in the league right now, right? Uh,
1: yeah, for the most part. Um no lo- no Mavericks thing.
0: Maverick's investigation stuff aside. Let me just I'll make it, I'll make a point to say that. You know, that stuff aside. Basketball wise, I think they're the most dysfunctional.
1: Uh, yes. In uh, DeJounte Murray, towards ACL. Um so pretty much you can just wipe away like half the pod yesterday uh, from where uh, we built up the Spurs. And, I know. Uh, but we did, uh, we did preface that before I uh, went all in on the Spurs and said they were going to finish top three. I obviously do not think that they'll finish top three now without Murray because I thought Murray would play a huge part in that. The question is, do I think they'll still make the playoffs. Yeah, that's tough. Because then,
0: then all of a sudden, if you say... Well, they're gonna lose five less games. You're like, well, they're probably still make the playoffs even if they lose five less games than I thought. Well, okay, so then I'm saying Deontay Murray is worth like eight wins, you know? Yes. And I don't know if that's true.
1: So you start going down that path. It's very difficult to think through that stuff right now. But anyway, that sucks. I I'm a big fan of him, and I was really looking forward to seeing uh, what he could do this year. But we'll see. We mentioned Derek White yesterday, and this will probably be his time to shine. So. Getting a, um, probably getting a lot of Patty Mills over the next couple months. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, I don't think anything else league-wise happened today besides yeah. our roster moves.
0: Um, Yeah, the Jimmy Butler's thing is still out there. Oh, Tom Lord. Thibodeau still hasn't gotten fired. Um, yeah, so yeah. let's just talk about this roster move real quick. And uh, Actually, we'll take a break, and then we'll talk about the roster move and get into the Mavericks versus Sixers game. All right, Isaac, so the Mavericks make two kind of minor moves. I guess one of them is really a move, and the other one is just a uh, a notation of, what the, of intention, I guess, with Ding. Um, but what do you think about the move, taking out two guys at the end of the training camp roster and bringing in these other two guys, and Dante Ingram and Rashad Vaughn?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, pretty much when we look at it, you know, we said last week... It's really simple of who's going to be like cut from the final roster. There's 20 guys under contract. They they just have to get down to 17 for the most part because Costas uh, and Macon are the two way players right now. So it was pretty clear that the outsiders looking in were, were Jalen Jones, uh, Cody Miller, McIntyre, and Ding. So you know today after the game, Mc, uh, Tim McMahon tweets out and says Ding was you know, awarded the game ball. And said that he'll be playing for the Legends this, you know, this upcoming season. So that's gonna happen. So at some point over the next couple, you know, couple days, or probably a, I guess after that last preseason game, you know, they'll request waivers on Ding, and then he'll go to the Legends. So then at that point, there there are these, you know, whenever you release a player and they don't you know, get claimed on waivers, you get you kind of have these special privileges with them going to your uh, G League affiliate and all that stuff. So. They just looked at it and said, you know, I think it was Shams that reported it back earlier in the summer that Dante Ingram uh, was going to be signed uh, to the <laughs> Exhibit 10 and deal. And nobody
0: cared about it but us, because we had no idea how that was going to work out.
1: Yeah, we just kept on saying, hey, how's this going to you know, fit <laughs> out? There's just there's too many names. There's 21 names at this point, and uh, it's just not going to figure out. So we never, you just never saw his name uh, there. So <laughs> Nick just kind of casually was just like, you know, joking and said, they're, they're just going Kind of, uh, they just uh, they're gonna carry Ding through China and then that's it, and then they're just gonna cut him and then bring Ingram in, and then it turned into they're just gonna leave Ding in China, and then come back and then down to Ingram would be signed and so uh, full circle was <laughs> the happens. Ding signing just a promotional thing, and I sent Nick. Let's just say I sent Nick the other day a uh, picture. And it was uh, Ding talking to the media over there in China. And there was probably, gosh, how many people do you think? 40 people around there? Yeah, a lot. And I sent Nick and I said, why did the why did the Mavs sign Ding again this summer? Here's your answer right here. I'm glad he's getting a chance to come. If I mean, if, it seems like now at
0: this point, if he's going to come over for the Legends, he wants to play in the NBA. And I'm glad he's getting at least a chance to play in, you know, in the G League and you know, getting a chance to you know achieve his dream, if that's what it is.
1: Yeah. now Listen, I they have super deep ties in China. Okay. They, um, you know, like Tony Ronzoni, Donnie Nelson. I wrote that whole story on uh, Ronzoni, director, of player personnel for the Mavericks, and all that stuff, and their their ties to China and all that different stuff. Now, so like Ding, I wouldn't. It's not purely. PR, but there is, you know, I think there is, you know, a factor intent that they are going over to China and all that different stuff, but, and now China's over, and he's going to go to Legends, but, you know, when you look at Jalen Jones and Miller McIntyre, you know, Miller McIntyre barely even played, and you mentioned Jones, and... Yeah, it was Bill weird. McAdair
0: for had one of the best Instagram story pictures that I've ever seen, and uh, it's this picture of him sitting on the edge of a mountain. And somebody took a
1: picture of it. I tweeted it. Everybody should go look at it because it is it is gorgeous. <laughs> Interesting. I do not follow him on Instagram. That's Nick is the Instagram reporter. What a cool picture! Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's kind of cool. Um. So anyway, just kind of for, for them. My mom's blowing up my phone right now because she bought a plane ticket and she hasn't got the confirmation email and she's (laughs) freaking out. All right. So just had to say that on the pod uh, because it keeps on throwing me off. She's blowing up my phone and texting me saying, Oh my gosh, I can't. Uh, Anyway, so they, you know, they they request waivers on Jalen Jones and McIntyre Miller and, you know, no one's going to claim them for the most part. And they signed Dante Ingram. And um, Rashad Vaughn. Now, Dante Dante Ingram, if you're a college basketball fan, you remember uh, Sister Jean and all of uh, the whole memes and all the different stuff and Loyola Marymount and and, uh, this whole movement Um, uh, (laughs) cult following around this small school that made this uh, run to the Final Four and how crazy it was. And it was just an insane – it was a fun uh, fun, (laughs) – Fun ride to watch. He was one of the main players on, the, on that team, one of the best players on the team. He's a 6'6", kind of guard forward, wing, he's a wing, uh, combo, lefty, can shoot the three uh, pretty well. And uh, if you remember any highlights from the NCAA tournament, he hit the game-winning buzzer-beater three-pointer against Miami, Lonnie Walker and Bruce Brown, uh, Miami Hurricanes, that were ranked number four. He hit this three at the top of the key at the buzzer at the end of the game to win it, and everybody went nuts. And so anyway, um, went undrafted, all this different stuff. I like giving somebody like him a shot. I think yeah, I'm all aboard giving Dontre Ingram a shot. Now, my thoughts on Rashad Vaughn's a little different. <laughs> 2015 draft pick. Uh, I think you said earlier, 17th overall. Decent three point shooter when he came out. I'm pretty sure. Now I, I could be wrong. i was pretty sure he went to um um. Gosh, what is the school? What's the school in uh, in Vegas? UNLV. I'm, UNLV. I'm pretty sure he went to UNLV. Yeah, he did. Um, I think he's like six 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 mm-hmm. seven. So kind of the same same height as Ingram, and but he's just kind of bounced around to these different teams from Milwaukee to Brooklyn. I think Nick mentioned earlier in the podcast Orlando and. I'm not as high on him, but... And he's
0: played less games each season. He started his rookie year, he played 70 games, then played 41, then played 28, and then played 22 before getting traded to Brooklyn, and then again to Orlando, or traded or waived or whatever. Uh, That's not a good sign, Isaac. Yeah, so... It's not a good sign.
1: Pretty much I'll lay out the order of events that's probably going to happen. They're going to get back from China. They're going to do their um, um, luncheon thing on Thursday, I'm pretty sure. And they'll have their game on Friday. And sometime after the game, uh, you'll see some of us report that they've uh, requested waivers on Ding, Ingram, and um, Rashad Vaughn. And then all three of them will be Texas Legends. And then your roster set at 17. That's what a lot of people are expecting. That's what I'm expecting. Uh, that's what you should expect as a Mavs fan. If something else happens outside of that, count it as a surprise that would be a a surprise to me and we would welcome surprises we like surprises for sure for sure i mean like a couple years ago which this is year four but i mean a couple years ago it was solid and how he you know sam dallen they signed him to a minimum contract like all this different stuff and then all of a sudden bam training camp ends and sam dallen and his minimum guarantee contract is cut and this undrafted you know super lengthy. tunisian guy tunisian (laughs) where is tunisia (laughs) Uh, m- makes the roster. So uh, that was pretty cool. But that's the roster moves for today for the Mavericks.
0: That's the roster moves. That's what you can expect going forward. And uh, let's move on. Let's get into this uh, this Mavericks Sixers game. I know that everybody is just dying to know what happened in this game. Uh, but what they really want to know, Isaac, is how the announcers did and how they followed up their game one performance, which was legendary. So we'll, hey. get, we'll get into that
1: coming up next. I could form a starting five with the all-NBA the all NBA TV China announcing team, okay?
0: There's only two guys, right?
1: <laughs> yes, but starting five as far as the players that they have been announcing. Oh. Although, I need a fourth <laughs> player because we have Maxi Claiborne.
0: <laughs> oh, they've mispronounced <laughs> names?
1: Yes. We have Matt Barnes. <laughs> uh, we have Salah Majri. I even have a coach, so get ready for this one because oh. I, caught this, I caught this one today. The best one today. Oh my gosh! The best one was Brian Spaulding. I couldn't oh, yeah, tell who yeah. it was. Brian. It was either Brian or Ryan. I thought he said either Brian. way. It's horrible. And here's the thing: the Matt Barnes thing was a was a one time thing that we laughed about. He kept on calling him Brian or Ryan Spaulding. Yeah, like it was multiple times. Like no, bro, no, just stop it. Just look at the paper in front of you. But then, no, there was, there was, wasn't, didn't he call Costas something? Oh gosh, did he? See, I don't, I couldn't find a fifth player that he really messed Costas, didn't he call him Costas? He could have called him Costas. I think he did that.
0: Okay. That's our fourth player. Um, that well, this, that's our fifth. this team's gonna have some. This team's gonna have some shooting. Clayburn, Ma- Klaber, Matt Barnes, Solomon Marjorie, Brian Spaulding, and Costas
1: on ten to with, with the coach. With the coach, which this is my favorite. This literally, he's my favorite coach in the entire NBA. Who's now uh, an assistant in Philly, Monty Williams. He called him Monte. Monte Williams. I'm like, bro. His name is not Monte. It's not Monte Ellis. It's Monty. Like, it's not, it's not Monte Williams. So, the coach of our all-announcing team is Monte Williams uh, <laughs> with Maxi Kleber, Brian Spalding, Matt Barnes, Salamadri, and Costas Antetokounmpo.
0: <laughs> I'm going to tweet this out as the uh, NBA China announcers
1: all-mispronunciation team. Yes. <laughs> What a what a glorious what a glorious moment! They did do the research on the JJ Reddick situation. Yes, Thank they God. figured
0: that out. I was glad they figured that out. Which which JJ Reddick said after the game, uh, the first game, that there was cheers too. So there was both. He said it was the most polite booing he's ever received. So
1: okay, okay.
0: Uh, also, I misspoke in our in our first podcast and I think in our live stream that the that the uh, JJ Reddick comment had nothing to do with like a China thing. It was actually a video for the Chinese new year. Like he was, you know, saying happy Chinese new year to people. And that's where he
1: kind of misspoke. So
0: I was wrong on that, but, but yeah.
1: Anyway, I don't know of anything else the announcers uh, did wrong today. They just said weird
0: things. Like I started today during the game. I started the drinking game where anytime they talk about
1: Wes Matthews fitness, you take a drink. (laughs) Did they really talk about it again today?
0: Oh my gosh. Several times.
1: Oh my gosh! I didn't even notice that
0: several times. Like Wes Matthews in
1: such good shape, impressive. Did, did you know he isn't? Your... We should we should honestly call a game sometime and like do completely like, just make fun of it the whole time. <laughs> just do cliches all the time and cliché sarcasm, all like it would just be glorious. I would love it. <laughs> Listeners would not, but oh man. Um, takeaways from the game. All right, so you sent me a clip of Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah. uh, Not challenging TJ McConnell at the rim. So TJ
0: McConnell had a, he he was on the left wing, he had the ball. It was sort of a semi, you know, fast break. Most of the Mavericks were kind of set up next to their guys. But but TJ McConnell did a spin move on Wes Matthews, spun around his right shoulder, went around him to the left, and towards the basket, hit a wide open basket where Dorian Finney-Smith was on Ben Simmons, and he helped over from Ben Simmons and fronted T.J. McConnell under the basket until T.J. McConnell decided to go up for a layup, where Dennis or uh, Dorian Finney-Smith just backed up a step, didn't and put his hands down a little bit and didn't even contest. So I sent that to Isaac and saying Dorian Finney-Smith has no right to make a business decision when yes. T.J. McConnell is going against him. In the in the paint where he has a good pff, half a foot, if not more so, on him, and yes. where we think that some of his rotation mitts are going to be taken away by some guys.
1: There's a difference when Maxi steps away from uh, Joel Embiid, or how about <laughs> when
0: Luca does it with Joel Embiid? Or
1: yes. Uh- when it's T.J. McConnell, yeah, you need to be contesting that. But I just don't know. Here's my here's my thing, and I actually put it in the form of a question. After three preseason games, have you been swayed to either side of the Brokoff-Fenny Smith uh, battle right Gosh. Because um, I think I'm in the middle, and I, I think Brokoff will win it eventually. But Brokoff's defense has been a little bit worrisome for me, just a tad. And we, like, we knew that going in, but it just, it's, it's noticeable out there. But he has some good shots today, though. I mean, we're not talking about, like, we're not talking about just some, like, set set, set in the corner and somebody find you open. Like, they ran, they ran, like, a J.J. Redick wraparound play for him to where he, like, ran all the way under the basket. Yes. All and the he- way around. And I like, remember.
0: I know exactly the player you're talking about. He, he was come He came around a screen. He was on the left wing. He came around this, a screen, almost under the basket. Runs all the way up to the top of the key and turns a corner. Is still moving when he catches the ball and puts the ball up in a catch and shoot three at the top of the key and ma- and drills it. And I was I like my mouth. You know, was wide open because you never know with guys like that. Like you said, if if it's just a set shot, or you know, they're just hitting these like wide open shots because you know they have players and creators around them. But that was that was like is actually like a real skill shot that can you know definitely translate in the NBA. So that was that was impressive
1: for me. And that is a move they do a thousand times in practice. And that when he is wrapping around and running, and that he is shooting that ball no matter what. So, like, you run that play acting like there is no defender on you. So, like, it's when you watch it, you're like, that's crazy that he's even shooting that with the defender in his face. We're like, no, bro. He, he already knew that he was taking that shot. Like, you run off that screen, and you're catching the ball already in motion to shoot the shot no matter where the defender is. So, it's, yeah, that's yeah. impressive. If those are knocked down consistently and not just the wide open threes, yeah, Dodo... Uh, should be putting down Fortnite at that point. <laughs> do you think that Dorian Finney-Smith was
0: put into the starting lineup, which kind of makes it seem like he has the advantage, but do you think that Dorian Finney-Smith would be better for that this starting lineup that the Mavericks have been playing without DeAndre and without Harrison Barnes? But Ryan Brokoff's going to be better for that second unit, you know, with Dirk and, and Devin and JJ. Do you know what I mean? Like... He leaped, yes, like Dorian Leapfrog, yeah. just because of the fit with that lineup, I think. And that doesn't necessarily say that one is winning over the other. I think in Maverick's
1: eyes, Finney Smith has an, an advantage. Um, yeah, I kind of agree moment. with that. At, at the moment. I think um, fit with that second unit's um, unique because we've talked about it. it's going uh, to be JJ, Devin, Dirk, and Dwight. At that point, you might look at yourself and say... Okay, we might need a wing defender. You know, we might need a Dorian Finney. Yeah, we might we might need a a Finney Smith because we're gonna have you know Dirk out there and even like JJ and you know an older Devin Harris, which he can still play good defense. And man, the that play Devin Harris pulled off today, oh my goodness, was that nasty to where he like. Took the ball and left Ben Simmons, you know, setting up near half court. It was actually funny. Wisconsin basketball, like official Twitter account, uh, quote tweeted by tweet today, and it was like <laughs> Devin Harris still like doing their thing, and uh, come coach our team. <laughs> he did this. He he did the the fake with fake dribble, and man, he got he got Joel Embiid super bad. So he got Simmons and Embiid on the same play and laid it up, and super nice. He's been playing really well, like. Rick Carlisle praised him after the first day of practice, and uh, um, you see why. Because Devin's been playing super well. Him and JJ, they they led that like surge a little bit there today in the game and you know tied the game back. I think it was at 87 because both of them were playing really well. Maxie continues to do his thing, man. Uh, he's the the breakout of preseason jj and devin had another one of their backdoor
0: cuts again which was just oh crazy.
1: yes and the announcers acting like they've never seen it before i'm like which you can't really blame okay like they it's can't like, be like yeah. <laughs> they can't be mavericks like geniuses but it was super funny Whoa, look at that cut right there. Look at the pass. I'm like, bro, we've seen it like a They're thousand times. They're so hours. crafty, blah, blah, blah. I wonder if they've ever done that before. It's still awesome. Like, Don't don't get me wrong, but it's uh, <laughs> funny for Mavs fans. To say that.
0: Yeah, and then Maxi Kleba, I tweeted this right before we, we started. Um, today we went on Locked On Lockdown NBA, so go check out the Locked On NBA. I think it's a preview of the Lakers, Denver, uh, the Mavericks, and there's one other team, the Clippers maybe? Um, but we went on that podcast. We did like seven minutes talking about the Mavericks, answering different questions. And so you can check that out. There's a whole bunch of them. It's just from each of the locked on hosts. They went on to answer a bunch of questions. And one of the questions was which player will be looked at differently after the season from the Mavericks? And Maxi Kleber was was my guy that I picked, and Isaac was kind of surprised by that. I didn't tell him who I was going to pick, but he was like, "Oh, that, that's kind of an interesting pick." But these announcers, we've make, been making fun of them this whole time. They obviously, obviously didn't know who Maxi was coming into the game. First of all, they didn't know how to pronounce his name, <laughs> uh, but they just didn't really know his game, didn't really know him, which is fine. He's a you know a fringe role player in the NBA coming into this season. He started some games. He had a stretch there, but not. You know, most NBA fans are not going to know who Maxi Kleba is. They were so impressed by him that by the end, they're like, "Maxi is a good player. Look at Maxi; he's got skill." And blah blah blah. And Maxi was doing some things. I mean, he was hitting threes. He had that scoop layup that he did yeah. in the game uh, on Monday, where he he drove into the paint from the top of the key and he uh, kind of got into the body of Embiid and then put the ball low and then scooped it up and made it. Um, he had some good defensive plays where he blocked Embiid on uh, on a couple plays. He had he just had a really nice game. He had seven points, seven boards, two assists, two steals, and two blocks in this game.
1: Yeah, he just does a lot of stuff. Um, and, and he had he had one play in particular that this is what separates him from Dwight Powell. I wish Maxi was a little bit more of a presence above the rim, yeah, like a Dwight. a little bit springier. Yeah. I but he had this play, and this is what Dwight can't do at all. He pumped fake. I think it was Embiid get, at the three-point line. Uh, well, that's a whole sentence in his own. But anyway, <laughs> um, he pumped fake at the three-point line, drove it into the lane, and then wrapped around this pass to um, to somebody, I think it was Salah on the other side, that you know he passed it to him. Yes. He, he was, like, I tweeted out a gif of it, I think. That's what Dwight can't do. He can't put it on the, like, and that's what could separate those minutes. If he's... Especially if he's shooting threes better than Dwight. But if he can hit threes to where they respect it and he can put it on the floor and make a play and not like dribble it off his shoe and pretty much dribble than better than you know Wesley Matthews, then and he can create a pass for that, like that's big time for Maxie.
0: That, that is – I remember that exact play. It's kind of – he kind of – he did a pump fake for a three. I thought he was going to take the three, and then he drove into the paint, and Bede had to step up on him, and then he just did a little shovel handoff pass to, the, to Sala, who was behind him bead, and Sala yeah. just dunked it. Uh, but, yeah, that play, I was like, oh, my gosh. Is Maxey like a shot creator? Like, you know, Is Maxey a playmaker? Uh, but he's just doing a lot of things, and he – I think he – it seems like he knows. You know, it seems like he knows that there's a uh, – like there's going to be some uh, some minutes, you know, debate with with Dirk now going to the bench and a big time center with big time minutes needs being added to the team. Uh, I also wonder how much of this Maxi, you know, playing well stuff is that he's been playing all summer. He's been playing, you know, with the German yeah. team, he's been playing in um the, you know, the DBB, he's just he's been playing with all this stuff and uh, I think that helps. You know, he's just already coming in warm essentially.
1: And why did it seem like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid like just had something for him today? Like why, why, why Maxi, bro? I'm like, is Maxi like a secret talker on the court and we just don't know it? But like, Ben Simmons dunked it and he fell down and he like stared at him and all this stuff. Like halfway flex, he got a tech for it. Ben Simmons did. And then like later in the game, it's like Embiid was like trying to get super physical with him. I'm like, I, it was just confusing that they like picked him. Like they picked Maxi over Salah. Okay, to like be pissed at, which that never happens. Okay, like it's <laughs> yeah. always Salah that people are getting mad at. But
0: Maxi is like the nicest guy in the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, from like our perspective, yeah. he's like super chill. That's why I'm like, is he like secretly talking trash yeah. and we just don't know it? Like, like, get him on the court. But that'd be funny. But let's talk about Luca. Luca. Um, yeah, let's
0: get to the let's get to the meat of this
1: game while we're so <laughs> first game. In. First game in China, you know, Lucas started off his first couple of threes. Uh, some of them were, a couple of them were bad choices, but they are pretty much all flat. Like, I mean, super mm. short, uh, barely hitting the rim, and we're like, okay, you know, he's just starting off kind of slow, you know, tired legs, whatever. Uh, did not happen this game. Started off three for three. Yeah, uh, Drained his first three, you know, three-pointers. They were not just set shots. You know, a couple of them were just, you know, off the screen, just pulling up right on top of the screen pretty much. But that was super encouraging to see uh, Luca start off hitting from long distance. Yeah, completely. It's
0: it. I I have no. I didn't have any real questions coming into you know about his shot coming into this season, and I, after the preseason, I still have none. I, I still think he's going to be a great shooter.
1: Yeah, and something else I tweeted out the other day when we did our lockdown Mavericks live stream. Somebody. Uh, uh, Commented in on one of the sources that we uh, <laughs> live stream on, and, and asked us, hey, what's uh, who's the uh, starter that could log minutes with the second unit? And we we said, hey, we think it's Luka Doncic. Like plug Luka into that three spot with JJ and Devin, and you know the rest of the guys. That's exactly what happened today. They had that whole second unit in there with like Maxi and Dwight. Uh, well, they had Maxi and Dwight, and then they had JJ and Devin, and they left Luka in there, and those five played together for a little bit. So that was kind of an answer to your question right there that Luke is going to get some minutes with that second unit. It's going to be fun too.
0: Yeah. It's going to be nice because we think about that kind of a unit with Yogi Farrow last year and Luka Doncic is going to give way better playmaking, you know, than Yogi did and pretty much the same exact shooting, you know, amount of shooting that Yogi did uh, with definitely more size. So, and There's also a couple uh, Doncic plays where man, his playmaking and his passing, you know, the no look passes to the corner. You know, he drove in the lane one time, didn't no look. He does these no looks with two hands, and I just I just love the way that they look. I don't know why. Like a lot of guys just do the one hand, you know, looking the other way, but he does these two hand like it. it's yeah. like a soccer pass
1: almost, like an over the head. But sometimes he does it to the side or whatever. But he he's hitting that guys. one he had today where he hit Finney Smith. It was a little bit behind Finney Smith. Uh, but still hit him where he he literally looked off two defenders on, like, a fast break, and he looked at Dennis Smith Jr. going into the corner and was looking at him while he was passing it two-handed, and then he passed it to his right and hit, like, a streaking Finney Smith. And it was funny because both defenders went with Dennis Smith Jr., but, uh, yeah, his passing, I listened to the Western Conference preview pod uh, with, like, Brian Windhorst, Tim McMahon, all the ESPN guys. Yeah, I listened to that a few days ago, and they were talking about the Mavericks, and uh, McMahon said that they were all talking, and McMahon sent, made the statement that, "Hey, like people in Dallas and even like some people around the league think that Luca is like this could be the second best passer in the league right now behind LeBron, <laughs> and that he comes in as that like, <laughs> that's wild.
0: It's
1: wild. Yeah, I mean, like I'm 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 not like I'm just saying that's what they they were saying on the pod. So, um." But, yeah, his passing is going to – that's going to be the thing that immediately translates. So his passing will have will be super fun to watch and have so many highlights.
0: For real. And there's a play that I saw Bobby Corral tweet out, and I'm sure a bunch of people did, um, where Luka is on a fast break and he finds um, finds Dwight for a lob. And yeah. Jessica and Wade noted that there's three guys that, um, that all converge onto Luka. And I – under under the Jeff Skinway tweet, I I uh, put the screenshot of these three guys, and you can see Luca is at this point in the fast break. He's at the you know the the three point line on the right side, and he's th- he's in mid throw motion. He's he's throwing the ball. He's released the ball to Dwight Powell, and there is there's Mike Muscala, Robert Covington, and TJ McConnell staring Luca down, and all standing within two feet of him. <laughs> and like that's what's going to change is. is you know, Luca's gonna demand respect, and he's already demanding these eyes on defense. And these guys are all you know converging on him on you know with this uh like in their transition defense. And he's gonna catch some people off guard and be able to catch you know Dwight for lobs or West for threes in the corner. You know somebody's gonna leave their man, and Luca is gonna be demanding that attention. That that that's what changes a team is when guys can demand attention like that.
1: And something that Luca does uh, with this passing and and drawing the defenders and. I want to say it's a bad habit, but it looks good now. But I feel like once teams start seeing him do it a lot, they're going to start uh, really picking this up. Is He has this thing to where whether it's a fast break, uh, more of like a faster break or a mid-fast break where he drives the basket and tries to draw everybody and gets right into the paint, and he'll jump up and then turn around and then try to find somebody mid-air behind him, like trailing for for a three or yeah, something like I that. I
0: think every rookie guard does this because I think a lot of people said that about Ben Simmons last year where he, he did this a lot.
1: And it looks really cool right now, but I can yes. just envision people knowing that he's going to do this, and like point guards like Westbrook or you name it, Chris Paul is just going to be waiting at the elbow. They're not even going to collapse on him, and they're just going to wait for him to turn around midair, and not have anywhere to throw it. They just he's just going to pass it straight to him. But it looks cool now, and the turnover stuff. Uh, how how many turnovers did he end up four. having today? You know, four again. So like this, I think that's just three three straight games where he's had four turnovers in each game. So. That's something that you know if he was talking about it in game one, he's definitely still talking about it now and which it's not like we're talking about eight. So um It's true. It's four. And he played twenty six minutes, so I mean Yeah, and he's handling the ball a lot. So yeah, that's why he had that one uh, fast break play to where he did the spin move. Uh, on Joel Embiid and like all that stuff, you know, Embiid tried to block that thing, but he couldn't. He couldn't get to it. That's pretty nasty. But <laughs> speaking of Embiid trying to block something, uh, JJ Perea threw a floater
0: over Embiid today. It was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long way. That's a long way to throw the ball up. You um, want to end
1: the pod talking about Dennis Smith Jr.?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dennis had some some good plays today. Uh, he had some good stuff with with Luca. I, I just tweeted out a play where uh, where Dennis th- there's some stuff that they need to work on though and I tweeted out a play where Dennis kind of waves off Luca and it either to me it looks like either he is waving him off because Luca's gonna set a screen for him or that he wanted him to kind of spread out and do like a five out kind of thing where, where Dennis you know drives into the paint and Luca just kind of freezes and doesn't really know what to do. And then Dennis is already in his, his you know already in his drive where he does a behind the back dribble and Robert Covington is right there who is Robert Covington was defending Luca and he's right there to, to steal the ball away so there's like little things like that with Dennis and Luca that I'm noticing that they need to work on and iron out but uh, other than that I think they're they're playing
1: pretty well together they are and Dennis um, well I say this on the Luca thing sometimes just as a Mavs fan inside of me and not just thinking smart basketball wise, I get like jealous and I want like, <laughs> I want Luca just to handle the ball every time. Yes. Like it feels like, it feels like uh, just as a fan, it feels like after three, uh, you know, like three straight possessions and he's not touching the ball at the top of the key and running like a pick and roll. I'm like, why isn't Luca touching it? Come on. <laughs> like, uh, but then you have to, you know, so there's obviously other players and Dennis doing, doing just fine, all this stuff. So, I feel like I'm not in the only boat of that, of like if Luca doesn't touch it every other possession or running a pick and roll every other possession, then, uh, I'm getting frustrated, but, uh, <laughs> man, Dennis, uh, Dennis is a great, I mean, if there's, besides the Luca, whatever, as far as returning players, it's Maxi and Dennis Smith jr. I mean, that's the two, uh, guys, the talk of the preseason, in my opinion, and, as far as those dudes and how they've improved the step backs, the hop step back when he got Amir Johnson today and he was on that like right wing and he just like started dancing and skating and did the hop step Kimba (laughs) shot. Nothing but net. That was nasty. He had another one. It was kind of a halfway, you know, hop step back. It was a three and that was, I mean, nothing but net. Like it's scary. Like if that, if that is his his shot and that is consistent, then people got to watch out super quick because he's going to get to the basket at will. But I mean, the best play of the day was the Chris Paul goes across the middle, um, Dennis Menjuren goes across the middle, does the I go you know between the legs from the front and then catches it in the back and then keeps on going and then he goes up with one hand like he's doing this scoop um, layup and Joel Embiid and somebody else is going. It looks like they're just going to swat it into the stands. And at the last moment, right before you think he's going to loft it up right in their faces, and they're both, all three of them in midair, he, like, scoops it backwards over his head and hits a Dwight Powell streaking down the lane. Nobody around him. Dwight Powell just yams it two-hand. That whole play was, was nasty. <laughs> that was... That was what I, I saw somebody tweet out to I forgot who it was. And they're like, hey, Dennis Smith Jr. did not do this last year. And uh, that is, uh, as a Mavs fan, you get excited seeing uh, this version of Dennis Smith Jr.
0: That exact play was what we've been talking about last year, where Dennis was the most blocked on the team. You know, he got his shot blocked the yes. most on the team. Last year, it feels like to me he would have tried to scoop that lay, you know, scoop that layup and extend his arm all the way out and try to do the Donovan Mitchell thing where he, you know, does the layup, but his arms just aren't long enough to do that. <laughs> he would have just got blocked by Embiid. But instead, he's, he, you know, the vision, um, the way he set that up, where he was able to see where Dwight Powell was going to be, and it's probably playing with Dwight Powell, you know, just having that cohesion of playing with the guy and knowing where he's going to be, and uh, and and passing the ball like that. I just think. Yeah, it was one of the best plays. And uh, and you see Luka Doncic, I'm, I'm watching this play on your your, uh, your Twitter page right now, and towards the end of the play, as soon as Dennis throws the ball, Luka throws his hands up in the air and walks back down to the other end of the court. That's been that's been super fun. When we see both of those guys doing the same thing, where if Luka takes a three, Dennis puts his hands up and starts walking down to the end of the court, and if Dennis does something, that Luka puts his hands up in the air and, and walks down to the end of the court. That that, that yeah. stuff is fun.
1: And it's super fun just watching them play together and knowing that um, really these past two games against Philly and playing against you know Ben Simmons and Embiid and like all this different stuff and how they've held their own for the most part. I know it's the preseason, but they've held their own for the most part against this Philly team against
0: Simmons and, and Covington, two of the best perimeter defenders yeah. in the
1: NBA. And they haven't had Harrison Barnes, DeAndre Jordan, and Dirk. And you just you look you watch these teams, and as you know, I've had fun watching these past two games against actual NBA teams. I'm like, <laughs> man, this is gonna be super fun. All this stuff, and then you put that in your head, of like, man, it's gonna be fun to see you know DeAndre in there and seeing Harrison Barnes, and you know Harrison Barnes, the leading scorer of the team last year, and and seeing Dirk come off the bench and hit these threes, like. It's gonna be a, a, a super uh, fun team once everybody gets rolling and healthy.
0: Definitely a watchable team, definitely a league pass team. Uh, and I, I don't oh, wanna for sure. I don't wanna finish talking about this before we talk about Jalen Brunson. He had a heck of a fourth quarter. And he yeah, yeah. he had a really nice fourth quarter, eleven points, uh only played just under nine minutes
1: in the game. Really uh, a heck of a fourth as far as uh heck of a last like four minutes Yeah, quarter. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> well, like three minutes, like the end of the game he played really well.
0: Yeah, and he uh, he kind of he really willed the Mavericks to this win because it it was going back and forth for a while, and he he kind of closed it for them.
1: Yeah, hit hit some big threes. Mm-hmm.
0: So so yeah, so Brunson Brunson looking decent as the you know the third the third string guard like we've been talking. So there you go. That's the uh, the Mavericks versus the Sixers. They're done in China, so they're coming back. No more weird start times. Uh, I think the Mavericks game against the Hornets is at like six thirty Central on Friday. Uh, six o'clock central time on Friday. So uh, we might do we might do a, a live stream after that game. D- depends on depends on how we're feeling what we're doing. Um, possibly. But we're definitely doing a live stream on Tuesday. Um, so either tonight while you're listening to us or we already did it if you listen to this on Wednesday. Um, but we're definitely gonna do a live stream for uh, for Tuesday night going into Wednesday's podcast. Um, so we'll definitely do that. so get in there, follow my my twitch, my YouTube, and uh, my Twitter account for my Periscope, uh, all of it is Nick Van Exit, and so you can uh, check that out. Get in on the conversation. I'm sure we'll be taking a lot of questions about, um, you know, roster spots and all that kind of stuff. So get in on that. We're we're uh, gonna keep doing those, and they've been really fun.
1: Yeah, it's been super cool to see how many people uh, tune in from all over the world, really, in all these different countries. So yeah, come ask Matt's questions. Come hang out. Get away from your boss at work.
0: yeah if you're able to well this one will be at night so for everybody in the usa it won't be as big of an issue unless you work night shift which i understand because i do that right now too so (laughs) all right guys there you go thanks so much for listening to locked on maps peace out boom